Well, hey, friends, happy Sunday. It is so great to be back with you again today. I, I really, you know, I say this every week. I hope you really are doing well. My name is Clay Monkus. I get the honor of being the lead pastor here at Next Level. And if we've never met, hey, I'm glad that you chose to join us today. I would love to see you in person sometime. Uh, today, we're kicking off something much larger than just another series. Let me explain. Uh, I've been the lead pastor here for over nine years, and during that time, I have put together and delivered over 400, it's actually 433 messages. And out of those, there have been 10 or 12 message series that, as a church, we can look back on and say that they have become formative in the life of our church. And out of those, two to three were so powerful, I knew as I was writing them, before I ever delivered them, that they were going to be a landmark for our church. This is one of those series. I believe that it will be another defining moment in your life and in the life of our church. Uh, there is a lot at stake in what I will be sharing over the next four weeks, and I don't want you to miss any of it. So with all of that hype, <laughs> let me start by asking you a question. Has there ever been a moment in your life where you asked yourself, what are we doing here? Or maybe more accurately, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Let me tell you about a time in my own life. Uh, it was in 2008. I was finding myself kind of in this place of really extreme burnout. I had just given 10 years of my life and all of my 30s to starting a new church in the Atlanta area. And we'd started this church in our living room. And it was just Jody, me, our newborn son, and, and two random people that we met through a community newspaper ad. Then we grew that to a few hundred people with our own property and our own building. And by 2008, the, the starting of that church seemed like ages ago. And I found myself reflecting on life. Specifically, I was reflecting on the fact that my children were growing up and I had no memories of their early childhood. Uh, I'd been too busy building a church that I had missed the main thing God had given me, my family. And I began to ask the question, well, what am I doing here? Right? Not in a physical sense, but what am I doing here in the sense of leading my children? In, in being a good husband. What am I doing here? Right? That wound up being one of the best questions I've ever asked myself. But it was also probably one of the hardest questions. You ever asked a similar question? Maybe it was uh, something you were doing at work. Or, or maybe it was about some job that you had been at for far too long. Or maybe you asked it about a relationship you were in. Or maybe you asked it about maybe the direction that your marriage was going. Or maybe you found yourself at a school and you thought, man, I, I really wanted to be at this school. And now you're sitting and asking, what am I doing here? Uh, maybe it's a bad habit or a bad lifestyle or some health decision. If you've ever asked a question like this, what am I doing here? I would venture to say it's because you found yourself in a rut. And it's easy to get caught in a rut. In the years leading up to 2008, I was in a rut with church building. There was a routine that I found myself in that I couldn't, or if I'm honest, just didn't want to escape. Why? Because most of the time, it's really comfortable in the rut. You, you know what to expect in the rut. Nothing surprises you in the rut. You, so you just stay there for months or years or whole seasons of your life. But here's what I know about life in the rut. Life is lifeless. In the rut. You know how I know that? Because I lived it, right? Where last week 
is just like the week before, and last month is just like the month before, that this fall is just like last fall. Sure, some of the small details change, but the overall picture looks a lot like the last time, just a little older. And this is where I found myself, year after year, working to build something while I never noticed my children were getting older right in front of me. So I decided to do something about it. And in the process of doing something about it, I discovered that the way out of the rut is through intentionality. That the the way forward, the way you get out is through intentionality. You never, you will never ever accidentally get out of a rut. The only way out is to set some goals and make some intentional decisions. So I set a goal for my parenting, and, and it was this. I wanted to have a friendship and influence in my adult children's lives. That was the goal that I set. I had missed 10 years of my oldest son's growing up, but I was not going to miss a moment of the next 10 nor any more years with my younger two. I wanted to have influence and friendship. So I sold the house in Georgia. I moved my family to Charlotte so that my kids could be near their grandparents. I traded my paid ministry job for a career in technology so I could be home with the family more. I sold my motorcycle and bought a camper so that we could spend time together as a family. And there were hundreds of other decisions I made along the way. And it all began with me asking a question. What am I doing here? What am I doing here? So let me shift the conversation slightly and ask you the very same question, a very important question about church, specifically about our church, Next Level Church. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Why do you watch this message? Why do you do this? When it comes to attending Next Level Church, why do you do it? And I'm sure if we went to have coffee and I asked you this question, there might be a whole bunch of different reasons. Maybe you're here because this is what you're supposed to do. Because somewhere along the way from someone or somewhere, you learned that if you're a Christian, you have to go to church. So you found this one and you come. And now if you're honest, you're kind of caught in a routine of attending church. So you come once a week or you come two to three times a month. But it is a rut. This month feels like last month. This year feels like last year. It's comfortable, but it's a rut. Or maybe you're here because you want your kids in church. Or maybe you come because you're trying to please a spouse by attending church. Or or maybe you're trying to please God by attending church. Let me explain. This is why this is such an important question to ask about church. Because in a rut, something is always at stake. Something is always at stake. When it comes to being in a rut at work, the direction and quality of your career is at stake. When it comes to being in a rut in your marriage, the direction and quality of your relationship is at stake. When it comes to being in a rut at parenting, the direction and quality of your children's life and their future is at stake. When it comes to being in a rut at fitness, the direction and quality of your health is at stake. Something is always at stake when you're in the rut. And when it comes to being in a rut as a church, what is at stake might be bigger than you realize. In Acts chapter 15, we see something similar happening inside the early church. I talked about it two weeks ago. But basically, when Christianity started, it started exclusively with Jewish people. I mean, Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. 
And then they were in this rut, right? The, the rut of their routine they carried over from their Jewish faith. But as Gentiles started becoming believers, the church began to grow exponentially. And problems arose because these new believers didn't follow the same routines as their Jewish counterparts. So realizing that there was something much larger at stake, a council was called. And you can read all about it. It's all in Acts chapter 15. You can read the whole story. But at the conclusion, James, the little brother of Jesus, makes this incredible and powerful statement. In verse 19, he says, And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Think about this for a moment. Let's say that the council decided to uphold the request of the Jewish leaders to stay with the routine and force Gentiles to take on the law of Moses as a requirement for Christianity. Think about that. What was at stake in a decision like that? What was at stake was the rest of the world finding the life-giving message of Jesus. What was at stake was not just people like you and me. What was at stake was literally you and me not finding a rich and satisfying life in Jesus. What James is saying, let's not make it difficult. Let's not hold on too tightly to our past. Let's not get stuck in the rut of our religious practices. Let's not get so lost in our routine that we make things difficult for people to find Jesus. In fact, let's do everything in our power to make it easier for people to find life in Jesus. And what you find happening in the churches after that council is a lot of growth and a lot of this word here, intentionality. After that council, decisions begin to be made around how to care for people already inside the church. Decisions were made to prepare for people who would be coming to the church. And big decisions were made to spend and invest in people who would never physically be in their church. And the church of Jesus grew exponentially. Over the last few months, our church has been growing tremendously. Uh, since October of 2020, we have grown 253%. Our, our kids' ministry has grown over 100% just since this April. So back in August, I felt led by the Holy Spirit to ask our staff and key ministry leaders to begin to pray about what he would like them to accomplish in their ministry areas in 2023. How can we make it easy for people where we live, work, and play to find Jesus. If you had no constraints, what do you feel God wants you to accomplish? And after getting them to kind of detail it all out, I took those items and, and I noticed that they fit into basically three categories. Providing for people that are already here. Preparing for people who are not yet here. And pouring into people who will never be here. Let me run some high level examples by you uh, that our staff was praying about. The first one, is planting five new churches. And you say, well, why is that important? Let me give you a thing. In 1990, North Carolina had a population of 6 million people. And in 2020, that had grown to 11 million people. At the same time, the number of churches has been steadily going down since the 90s. We want to do our part to help reverse this trend by investing and starting five brand new thriving churches. On average, these new churches will reach 200 people. So that's 1,000 people that we want to have an effect on. Second thing, mental health. Coming out of COVID, mental health 
is a bigger topic than it has ever been in my lifetime. Marriages are suffering, families are suffering, individuals are battling anxiety and depression in record numbers. We believe that good, godly counseling can help. But what we also know is the cost can be a barrier. So in 2023, we want to set up a mental health fund to provide counseling for up to 80 people to get the help that they need. Next is the idea of foreign missions. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but our church sponsors over 300 children in the Dominican Republic through Compassion International. And, and that, that is amazing. And in 2023, we want to plan a mission trip to the Dominican Republic to help build a church in a part of that country that the average household income is $320 a month. Yes, you heard me right, $320 a month. Some of us spend more than that on just going out to eat. But another thing we want to do is expand our local partnerships. Uh, we are looking to expand these partnerships uh, with even more organizations like Bed for Kids, Compassion at Hope Match, uh, and we're looking at several others and providing you with more opportunities to serve at those organizations on Serve Saturdays and other kinds of events. One of the other things that we uh, want to talk about is what we're doing uh, inside of uh, families or uh, also facility improvements. I meant to put that up there. Facility improvements. Uh, we want to improve the look on our campus with new floors and new decor in the student buildings. We want to provide the best first impression possible when parents drop their kids off when students or when students enter into their student space. The next is this one I have here, families. We also desire to lead the way in providing helpful content for families in our community by hosting webinars, in-person seminars, these types of things, to cover topics, family topics, like raising emotionally healthy children, how to handle sibling rivalry, uh, handling children's emotional moments, uh, how do you communicate in a marriage, how do you stop fighting over money. We want to be known in our community as a church that understands today's issues and is able to bring helpful advice to very tough situations. One of the other areas is neighborhoods. Right? Along the very same lines here, in 2023, we want to begin showing up in neighborhoods. For about a year now, I've had a dream of having Bible studies where people can explore Jesus on neutral ground in the home of a neighbor. Eventually, not in 2023, but eventually, I want us to host Bible studies in at least 100 neighborhoods around our church. That would represent 1,000 people finding the life of Jesus by simply walking next door to a neighbor's home. But all of that can't begin unless we start showing up in neighborhoods in very practical ways throughout the year. So in 2023, we want to host some things. Like we want to host multiple neighborhood Easter egg hunts. We want to purchase a trailer and then fill it with everything you need to host a block party, grills, sound system, tables, chairs, lawn games, a bounce house for the kids. And we want to make that trailer available to anybody at Next Level who wants to host a block party. We also want to equip some of you to host what, I, what I'm calling a driveway Christmas Eve service for your neighbors where you have a screen and a projector. Maybe you show the Charlie Brown Christmas, a fire pit to roast marshmallows, a short script to read the Christmas story together before praying over your neighbors. These are just, honestly, a few of the highlights of what our team has prayed over. And over the next four weeks, 
we're going to be using all of our digital channels, texting, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, email, to talk in detail about what our plans are. We will be interviewing ministry leaders, sharing what our partnerships are, giving examples, providing a ministry pro forma, answering questions. If you want access to any of those things, what you need to do is sign up for that communication by going to our events page, nextlevelchurch.org slash events. Click on the step in the gap button or on the image that's there and fill out that form. Once you've done that, you will be in the loop for everything that we have planned for 2023. Now, like everything in life, all these things come with a cost. So after a lot of prayer about what to do, I asked our staff to do, and this was a very difficult task, to put a price tag on it. Like, what would you need? How much would it cost? And for us to accomplish everything that we've done in 2022, plus all the new things that we feel like God is calling us in 2023, we came up with a number, and that number is 793000 And I'm sure the next question is, okay, well, I, I see that. What was the 2022 budget? Well, for 2022, this year, and what we've done, our budget was $420,000, which leaves us, right, with a gap. And that gap is $373,000. That gap is something that I want to spend the next couple of minutes talking to you about because there's a lot that's represented in that gap. There is a lot at stake in the gap. Mainly there are people like you and people like me in the gap. People who are waiting on some church, some group of Christians to break out of their rut, to reach out and meet them where they're at, to offer hope and help exactly where they need it and then be ready to come alongside with more support when they decide to show up at a church. In the gap are people who are struggling with depression and anxiety, who desperately need some form of hope. In the gap are families who are living in uncertainty. In the gap are marriages that are one step away from calling it quits. In the gap are young parents who feel lost in what to do as parents. In the gap are high school and middle school students who are gradually acquiring the ability to think abstractly, but they need some help in thinking more concrete. In the gap are people who grew up in a church, but now they got questions. Questions that their church said, oh, you can't ask that. And now they feel alone in figuring out their faith. In the gap are people in their 20s who are just starting out in life. They moved away from their family and they moved here to Charlotte. And now they're learning to navigate life for themselves without the support of family nearby. In the gap are people facing retirement. And wondering, what's next? And, and how can I contribute to my family or contribute to my community? There is a lot at stake in that gap. And the Holy Spirit has directed our staff to step out and put systems and programs in place to meet people where they are. And, and I'll admit, that is a giant, bold plan. One that's going to cost us significantly. But what are we to do? As a church, we have to step into the need. We have to show people Jesus. For us to be complacent or stuck in routine as a church, there is a lot at stake. Now more than ever, I hear those words of James reaching across 2,000 years of history to us here now saying we should not make it difficult for those who are turning to God. We want to make it easy for everyone where they live, where they work, where they play, to find life in Jesus. And honestly, there is a giant cost to that. 
So let me ask you again, when it comes to church, when it comes to this church, specifically Next Level Church, what are you doing here? Why does God have you here now? In the book of Esther, it tells the story of how Esther had lived a good life in the palace of the king, unaware of the needs of her own people until one day her uncle Mordecai approached her about risking her life to save her own people. And he says these words, and you maybe have heard these before, in Esther chapter 4, verse 14. Who knows if perhaps you were made a queen for such a time as this? You probably don't live in a castle, but God has given each of us a job, a position, resources, education, and more. God has opened opportunities to expand his kingdom. He didn't place you or me where we are just so we could spend all that he has given us on ourselves. We, uh, you know, where, where we only think about me and my family and my friends, he placed us right here at Next Level Church to hear this message because we are in the midst of the biggest battle for the minds and spirits of people in our lifetime. You and I are in the midst of a seismic shift involving good versus evil to miss a kingdom assignment. Because we've gotten stuck in a rut or have become insensitive to the needs of others is one of the greatest tragedies we could ever face. When you read the story of Esther, an entire nation was grateful for how she responded to Mordecai. Their lives were spared. How many desperate lives can be spared in the culture that we live in today when we choose to step into the gap, even if it involves sacrifice? So here's what we're going to do. Over the next three weeks, I want to share more about the specific plans we have for 2023. And I want you to join me in praying about what you can do financially to close the gap. For some of you, that may mean that you start giving for the very first time. That is awesome. For some of you, that means going way outside your comfort zone financially and taking the biggest step you have ever taken with your finances. And again, I know it's scary. I've been there. But that is awesome. You don't know it yet, but you're about to grow more spiritually than you have ever grown in your life. You may have to sacrifice vacations. You may have to sacrifice new purchases. You may have to adjust your going out to eat budget. I know all of this because I have been there. When God asks you to do something big, you make sacrifices. And know this, my family and your staff and their family are joining you in stepping in the gap with our finances. So be praying about the gap. And again, go to our events page. Click on that step in the gap button because we're going to send you some ideas on prayer along with a host of other content as we pray through this. So we're going to start praying now. And then on November 20th, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we're going to come together and we're going to make our financial commitments. We're going to give those to Jesus as our step of faith, as our sacrifice for next year. And then we're going to celebrate together what he's going to accomplish through the year, through your faith commitment and what you're going to give next year. It's going to be an amazing day. But for now, let me just end by praying with us. Lord Jesus, turn my heart and my mind toward you and toward the role you have chosen for me to live out. Help me to put your will and your purpose ahead of my own. I humbly bow down before you and ask for your direction and guidance as well as your courage to step in the gap financially. Help me live out the calling I've been given 
for such a time as this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, hey, friends, thanks for joining us today. If you think today's message might be valuable to somebody you know, I mean, maybe some of the things we're doing are exciting. We would love it if you would share this video. Not only could it be helpful for them, but by sharing this content as well as liking and subscribing to this channel, you are helping us accomplish our mission to raise the reputation of Jesus. And along those lines, could I also ask you to head over to our website at nextlevelchurch.org slash give. Choose one of those giving options there. You don't got to wait till 2023. Uh, your faithful support now helps us raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. Well, by way of benediction, let me read to you again the words of Mordecai as he speaks those to Esther in Esther chapter 4, who says, Who knows if perhaps you were made a queen for such a time as this. May you, this week, understand the time and place in which God has you. May you have the courage to step into the gap for such a time as this. Hey guys, have a blessed week. We're gonna see you uh, every day on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to talking to you about our plans and what we're going to do. Just know in everything, man, we love you and I'm praying for you.